Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 427. Wow, 427? <laughs> I can't believe it. It's one more than 426. <laughs> uh, we're still having fun hanging out. We don't hate each other. Not yet. Not yet. Just a little bit of disdain. That's all. Yes. In our taste of, of <laughs> things that you will hear at the end of this <laughs> podcast. But uh, before we get there, uh, we talk about the boys raised by wolves. The boys that were raised by wolves? Yes. I used to work at a... Side note. <laughs> I used to work at a video store. That was one of the games we used to play. As we were putting movies away, we'd make up stories based on the titles of the movies. Oh, Aren't you glad you know that now? <laughs> the yeah. More you know. <laughs> Getting back into what we talked about in this episode. Talked about some uh, things going on in the X-Men world. Yes. Ten of Swords. Fucking pick that shit up. And Juggernaut was a, a pretty good start to what will be a pretty good series, I believe. Uh, some casting news. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, stuff that's happening. Movies, shows, toys, things. World starting to... Stuff slowly start back up stuff and things so with that uh grab a cold one then enjoy drunk on comics podcast episode 427 voice of an angel <laughs> <laughs> Can't do nothing it like cute. recreating moments here no it's true though both both raised by wolves and the boys like especially raised by wolves because they put two episodes out at a time and then i watch one or two and then like all of a sudden there's another one out and i'm like i can't do it i can't I really enjoyed, well, because one, when you're watching the first one, with, yeah, they've released two at a time, you're almost like, well, shit, that didn't feel like a good cliffhanger, but you're like, it just cut off halfway through yeah. what they're telling now. And then that second one is like, oh, that's a good cliffhanger to make you be like, what the fuck? Yeah. So it's almost like you need to watch the two in succession mm -hmm. to get a real episode. Yeah, and they're long. I have to, like, I mean, you know, they're like full hour episodes, I think, right? So I have to plan my time accordingly. Well, without spoiling so much of what just happened, it's it's really good creative. Some shit going on that you're like, I didn't see that coming. But once again, when we have multiple mediums telling some stories of some prequels and everything, there's a comic book about this that I don't think it really spoils, but it, it introduces a fifth, like almost like what Soul's purposes but not really mm. it's a fifth kind of a power like so you have earth wind fire and water yeah. as the elements and this is like it. a fifth yeah he's our hero heart but i doubt that it's heart probably hatred or is something is this just a sequel to captain planet <laughs> this is a, our yeah our the planet dark, has died yes the dark sequel he's turned to into the planet. necromancers <laughs> I don't know if I can watch the show the same way now. <laughs> but yeah, so stay away from the comics if you don't want some probably spoilery. Well, unless you're watching the show, obviously, then read it as a companion. I didn't even realize there was a comic out about it. And here's your news. There's a comic out about it. Ah, good to know. And the boys, holy shit, I... I don't know enough about the comic book to say whether it falls in line with the comic like, is what's happening in the show, like, is this a Game of Thrones moment for me where, you know, people who had read the books kind of 
when we hit the red wedding, they were like, ha ha fuckers. Now you know how we feel. Like is the thing, is the thing that happened most recently in the boys, like the, the truth that came out, like, did that happen in the book? Are the people who read the comic got to that point in the show and they're like, yeah, obviously the minute that person showed up on screen, we knew what was happening. I'm not so sure mainly because yeah, I haven't read the books and I don't, it's not that I don't want to. It's that I have been watching it in TV format. I don't want it ruined for me right. by reading ahead. But I do know there's some differences, such as the church. I've read about that. And also, last the first season, I did want to know a little bit more of this world. And I read something that is a holy shit spoiler for mm. me. That That's all I can say without giving anything away. But once people realize it, they're going to be like, holy shit. Like, holy shit they're just gonna be like i didn't see that coming and so hmm. it's one of those things of just even saying that makes people speculate what it could be yeah i so, want you to tell me now nope well tell me what you read was it one of the comics or Hue, was it huey article? is huey is god huey is god okay <laughs> and butcher is the devil <laughs> and they're working together <laughs> no but so i i don't know but let's just talk about what's going on with tv i explained to my roommate about Stormfront and the name Stormfront that he didn't know was a racist uh, kind of 4chan, 8chan type website that racists would go to right. to talk about things. And I got that right away also thinking, well, she's an evil, she's a superhero, so she's probably evil. Mm-hmm. There were some spots where I was thinking she's egging on the Homelander. Maybe she is kind of infiltrating a good person, but I'm like, I know how this show goes. She's probably bad. But holy shit, does that give new meaning yeah. to Stormfront? I didn't think they were going to go Nazi. They yeah. went full Nazi. Yeah. It's It makes sense. The way she tells the story, and then you think about uh, Vought, you know, and, and what the guy who started that company was trying to do, and then you think back to what the Nazis were trying to do. Like, it all makes sense once you tie those two things together. Um, ugh, yeah. I... Craziness. I, I just, I, for... Everything about that show, man, I, it's hard to hate someone even more, but they do. And that whole, their love scene in yeah. the alley, just every... But it's so good. Like, I truly, like, I don't want this to end... But also, as we kind of, I think you and me personally talked about the vision from last week where it wasn't real Mm -hmm. when he was with the crowd and just being like, holy shit, he finally snapped, but he hasn't yet, but he's slowly going down that road. She's using him. But one thing I want to quick talk about is uh, Sean Ashmore. Okay. Because he has played Iceman. Oh my God. Josh and I had this conversation. Well, I'm sorry. I had this conversation with myself while Josh listened to me. (laughs) Him playing Iceman and then playing Lamplighter. Well, I had to first look up and see which one of the twins yeah. it was because we know that his his brother Aaron is also a uh, actor and yep. everything. But this is Sean and who was Iceman, as I already said. And even he's kind of weighed in on what he thinks it would go. I personally am like Iceman is a mega level mutant; he would win for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's what Sean also believes. But also, when you're promoting a TV series, you don't always want to just be like, this other property would beat this person. So he goes, but I know Lamplighter would probably fight dirty, so maybe he would have an edge. Well, so let's think about this, though, realistically. (laughs) 
if I laugh because they're fake characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Lamplighter's powers are the exact powers that Pyro has. Right yeah. in the X Men, he doesn't create fire; he can only control fire. Yep. And if you're Magneto, you still think that you're a god amongst men. But again, it's just, and I, I, I wonder why they always go that route. The instead of the creation, they just do the control. Um, but I know that Iceman has kicked Pyro's ass in the comics, yeah, like a bajillion times. So to me, it only makes sense that Iceman would a hundred percent, especially when he fully comes into his powers. Like if you're talking like Baby Iceman. Then no. Yeah. But if you're talking about like he's got the ice golems and all that shit going on, then yeah, he 100 percent would be able to to rock Lamplighter's world for sure. But I I'm very impressed with that story. Is like again good writing. Did not see him coming being Lamplighter because you thought he left the seven and yeah got replaced and now probably finding out the legalese behind it of why they kicked him off. Everything that's going on with A-Train, the cult, mm -hmm. Scientology, is mm -hmm. pretty much what it is. Yep. I was really disappointed, though. I finally... I spent a whole week trying to find out what the website was, like, trying to go to it, because I was just too lazy to actually rewind the episode when they said, visit this website for their church of whatever. Church yeah. of the Fallen. I don't remember. But it it just takes you to Sony's website that then brings you to the boys like oh. website. So I'm yeah. like, oh, they could have done something tie in. Like if you're ever gonna do something like that, Hollywood, really make it at least visually looking page. Oh my god, nerds love that shit. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like it doesn't even have to be like anything other than like a skin on a website, right? You don't have to make it like really detailed just ha you know just, just go make it look like a shitty church website <laughs> yeah or have just an image of deadpool being like ha wrong website <laughs> something stupid like that it's like oh i went to this i saw it in something it's like having a real number if you're gonna have a real number in any show right which typically is if they have a real number they have a recording yeah i think by, by i think for legal reasons they have to because if they're using what could be a real phone number and they don't secure that phone oh. number, it could cause a lot of problems well, for you, someone. Y yes. <laughs> like Jenny's number. <laughs> there is real people that sometimes get that. Yeah. And when they find out that people keep calling them, they tell their service provider, I want a new number. Yeah. This is the reason why. And then that gets recycled through to some other carrier of like, here's your new number. And right. some people might think, oh, this is cool. This is from that song until... Ten times out of the day, people are calling it. Is mm -hmm. Jenny there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the first person who thought of this, right? Yeah. I know this song has been around since the 80s, but come on. They didn't have phones back then. <laughs> <laughs> so before I get into some, some reviews, uh, I want to explain this fun game. It's really a simple game. Uh, my friend had a, a birthday party, and doing everything good social distancing-wise, she... She went into her house, and we're all on the back porch, and she came out with a tray, and she had little, like, jello shot type things where she poured a beer to split amongst everyone. And we had sheets that had, like, 14 different beers that it could possibly be, and she brought out six beers, two IPAs, two pale ales, and two uh, dark beers. And we had a guess from those what it was. Holy shit. We all sucked at guessing beers. Yeah. And I only got one right because I 
I guessed pretty much. Yeah. Like I'm like I I know it's an IPA. I don't know which one it is because they all taste about the same. And I really yeah I really don't know how I. Well, you're not a beer connoisseur. Would you consider yourself a beer connoisseur? Oh no, but you're I like do a like beer drinker. Yes, and I do like certain things. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I would never really. I could say this is good or this is bad. I right. don't really keep track of what it. Yeah, I mean, there's they, there are very like if you drink a Rubeus, you know what it is, sort of thing. So there are like very specific beer, like if you the CBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you put an IPA in front of me and you were like, guess which one this is? I'd be like, I don't know, pine tree. <laughs> <laughs> they don't taste like pine trees. Oh my god, they totally taste like pine trees. Uh, the best party I ever had. That sounds like a fun game, though. Even you know. Even though I would get all of them wrong, um, the best party, one of the best parties I ever threw, was a, a bad beer party. Oh, the why? That doesn't sound good. It was so much fun though, because you find out that there's a lot of people who think that good beers taste bad. Mm. Um, and we kind of forayed it into like a bring a good beer and a bad beer, and then everyone would vote on their favorite and their least favorite, and then we had prizes. Um, man. There are a lot of bad beers out there, though. We had one that had like a like jalapeno in it, like a tiny little pepper in the beer bottle. It was disgusting. Ooh, I've I've grown to be okay with some of those peppery beers, but I don't know if I could do more than one. like I yeah. wouldn't want a six pack. It'd no. be like a novelty thing that was interesting, weird flavors because I like spice, but it shouldn't be in beer. No, yeah. I don't know about a whole jalapeno pepper though that would no yeah it's weird gross so of course somebody i'm gonna sneeze hold on nope it's going away <laughs> <laughs> uh if i keep, didn't say keep that your COVID in your nose i would have sneezed right in the middle of my sentence um of course somebody has to eat it right that's you know at the end of it somebody is like i'll eat the pepper and it's ugh, ugh, yucky well let's get into some comic books Okay. I'll start off with, and I guess we kind of have an X-Men slate today. Uh, I, I will talk about Juggernaut, number one. Now, one of the reasons why I want to read this, A, I do enjoy Juggernaut. For all the bad guys that there are with the X-Men, he's so complicated in what he is, and his relationship, obviously, with Charles is a big, deep-seated thing. But also, there he's got a mystery, too, that you don't necessarily... He just likes destroying things because he's an avatar of Sederach. So I was wondering where this was going to go, as well as how much this would tie into what's been going on with the X-Books. And I will say, at least this first issue, it is a separate, its own thing. And I also didn't know if this was going to be an ongoing, but it, it truly is after the end. Now... They've had a lot of X-Books coming out, so this may be a, a smaller, limited run. I'm really curious to see if he's allowed to visit Xavier on the, the island, because I don't think they would even let him come regardless, because he's not a mutant. Oh, that's true, yeah. Because he gets his power from Magic Crystal. Right. But just in, in everything that he, he is, it starts off with him pretty much doing demolition for damage control, which... I, me and my brother did a whole segment years ago about damage control, the shield-like group that takes care of things after a supervillain destroys a city and, and what they do to easily make new housing and fix buildings and everything. So they 
they hired him to do the demolition and I'm like okay so he's kind of a working man right now so he's not straight up evil when again he's one of those people that was never just super evil he has an evil god that he kind of has to do some things right and it also is interesting that I like when when you're reading a book and it gives you the little like last scene in whatever so the last time that he was truly seen was uh x x uncanny x-men or yeah uncanny x-men number 21 he expl- uh, when he's talking about and this is later on in this issue when he's lost his uh armor and is in limbo mm. which is a part of this this is kind of a more uh introspective of who Kane Marco is as well as like I said I think this is more of him being a a more of a, a good guy in this version which I'm totally cool with I enjoy that more than him just being like the indestructible I'm just gonna destroy the X-Men mansion for the 100th time right. type person and he comes across another what he keeps calling a mutant and this is what I really was liking this girl, D-Cell, which her powers are, he thought that it was just telekinesis, but what he later found out is she can slow movement. You have the unstoppable force, and you have someone that can slow actual movement. I'm like, this could be something very interesting in this book, if this is going to be kind of a duo team, which it kind of seems like it, because she ended up getting hurt when she decelled him. But then he was able to break through that and then kind of just ran and hmm. knocked down the building that she was in. She's upset with these other teenagers who are not squatters, pretty much, staying in these buildings that, well, they need to get out so that they can start destructing. And he's, again, not being a dick about it. He's like, kids, you got to get out of here. These are going to be demolished buildings. And that's when she starts doing this powers on them. And he's like, oh, a mutant. And he keeps calling her a mutant. She keeps saying, I'm not a mutant. They didn't really explain where she got her powers. So I, I wonder if she maybe is and is hiding that she's a mutant. But I almost feel like she has to almost be to kind of try to tie this in in the X-Men lore. Because obviously he's not. Mm-hmm. And it'd be nice to see that connection. But again, it's Marvel. They could have any which reason why someone has their mutant powers. But when trying to find out her real name, she wouldn't give it. And he's like, D-Cell, you sound like a battery. And she's like, well, Juggernaut, that sounds like, well, actually, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, it is just one of the most awesome names. Yeah. I thought uh, for art, art-wise, it was really great with when he was in Limbo and more talking to himself Again, it was an introspective, but I really liked when he first got there when you know how massive his armor is. Mm-hmm. But he He's when massive, he, right? Yes. Yeah. But not in human form. If he doesn't have that rock, he then is more human sized. I, I can't ever recall seeing him in a non charged form. It's it's happened and I've seen it in other things. So like he's still muscular and everything, Linz, but just not as huge Mm. to fit in that giant armor Mm. which goes to mind his armor has those armbands around his biceps which what do they do 
nothing. It, but it looks badass. Like, yeah. don't take those away. Because otherwise he just has gauntlets, legs, and... Or boots, and the chest, and the, and the helmet. Uh, yeah, this, this crossroads in Limbo, again, was a lot of him just talking to himself about who he is. And I almost feel like this is, like, just him trying to come to the justification of who he is and also maybe being a little bit better. But one panel in particular was really cool where he just first got there and it just shows his uh, his armor with him being in it with human size. Him being in the armor as a normal-sized human. Yeah, and you can just see how different you know proportions he, he looks is. like a little kid wearing his mommy's shoes yeah <laughs> or daddy's i guess <laughs> and i just like out of art sometimes in books this one just was i thought really really cool uh yeah pretty much uh that's all i want to say about that uh, juggernaut bitch <laughs> <laughs> Although I love that line, it's still one of those things of that's all people talk about him. Yeah. So with this, this girl was talking about their fight together and how she's putting it up on Roxon Tube because mm. you know you always have to, you can't call it a real YouTube right. thing, an evil corporation rocks in there. But she shows him that the Hulk is rampaging, and well, she's talking about pranks that she's done too on her YouTube channel thing and so now you see what's going to happen is he's going to be fighting the hulk next and i'm like yeah but it's kind of reversed from what you normally would have you're usually rooting on the hulk to mm -hmm. stop the juggernaut now you're kind of rooting on the juggernaut to stop the hulk. Uh, a crazy hulk yeah going on cause, oh yeah he's fucked up right now isn't yeah he? yeah Huh. And so that's where I was like, okay, this is an ongoing. This I can in, enjoy this and kind of want to see what will happen more with K. Marco. And really kind of, like I said, getting more introspective because I don't feel like there's been too many of that. He just pops up. Yeah. He's a bad guy. He goes away, comes back later. But who is the real K. Marco? <laughs> Next time on Maury. <laughs> that would be a good Maury segment for sure. Um, <clears throat> continuing on the, the, uh, mutant front, I read Ten of Swords, number one, which is Ten of Swords creation. Um, it's a long book. It's 66 pages, so it's like a, a double issue. Um, there's a lot that happens in this book, like a lot, and I don't know that you necessarily need to I mean you need to have a little bit of knowledge of, but about what has been happening in the current Hickman verse of the X-Men um the one thing I felt as I was reading it was that I wish I would have read um the one what's the one where it's like the magic-y stuff the that that series that they're doing where they go into like Morgan Le Fay's Oh Excalibur. Yes, yes. I kinda wish I would have kept up on that one because I feel like there's some stuff they talk about in this. That's yeah. that's the thing that I keep saying, man. Yeah. All these are connected. Yeah. 
And again, you don't need to have that, but if right. you really read them all, you're like a better picture of this world. For sure, for sure. And and the 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 storyline or the world in Excalibur kind of tie directly to the at least the beginning of this sort of event that they're doing. Um, so it is Ten of Swords, right? It's not X of Swords. And we know that it's Ten of Swords because it comes from a tarot card, right? So there, at one point there's this woman who is who is reading the cards to kind of figure out what's happening. And it's just, it's there's so much stuff in this book that I don't, I don't know that I can give a coherent review because <laughs> there literally is so much stuff going on. Apocalypse has built a portal to another world, right? Because they have all the portals on Krakoa. Um, the portal is to Akora, and you find out that Akora and Krakoa are two pieces of a puzzle that were split, and Akora takes place in the other world, and Krakoa is here. And that's why he was able to build a portal to this other place, and now that it's built, Krakoa won't give it up. He's kind of just like, fuck you guys. I know there's some bad shit that's going to come through here, but this is, you're not. I'm an island, whatever. Yeah, you can't, I mean, you're living on me. No man is an island except for Kakoa. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, and it's just. Do they like, talk about all the swords? They they don't until the end. And. So this is just more setting up the event. Yeah, you, you go there, you find that there's this, in the other world, there's this war that's happening and you learn that it's the child like the original children of apocalypse the original horsemen that are the people who are who are bringing the war to this you know bastion of the all like the um doorways to other see worlds. With, with what you're saying because i haven't had the chance to read this book yet it makes more sense of what i've been reading than in excalibur because i'm all caught up on those books yeah where he's part of that and has been doing some shit that you're like, what is going on? But right. they wouldn't explain. This explains a little bit of yeah. his former horsemen and everything. Well, and he calls them his children. And we, we have we have found one of his grandchildren, right? And I can't remember the kid's name, but he's all white. And he's yep, got the he's, little... He's been he's on the, the daughter. Island. He's the son of war, I think. Um, there's something that happens between the grandson and the original children and apocalypse when they come through the portal um it, there's a lot of deceit that happens but i don't know why apocalypse. so are these children the bad guys and all this it seems well yeah yeah no yes i mean they're the good guys in their own story <laughs> <laughs> There's this woman that runs... So there's this tower that exists. Um, in Avalon? It's not in Avalon. Or Otherworld? Yeah. Um, and it's being protected by... Uh, her name is... Oh, man. Oh, it's the Citadel. The Starlight Citadel. And it's being protected by this woman who looks so much like Emma Frost. Yeah. That I was like, this bitch is Emma Frost. They wear the same fucking outfit. Like, how is this not Emma Frost? <laughs> it's not, but I don't know. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it is, but I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, oh, this is a different version of Emma Frost. Um, anyway. Oh, you just gave me, so sorry to interrupt, but 
So we already know what the protocols. They need to make sure the person's dead. So X Factor has been kind of doing that, even though right now they're not because they're chilling in Mojo World, which is cool. What about alternate dimension mm. people? Like, what if we all of a sudden get Emma Frost who dies, but Emma Frost from Earth 717 comes over? Yeah. Would that ruin the protocols? I don't think so. Because those two versions of each other are allowed to exist. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, because I guess there could be two versions of the 616 universe, which I have an un godly really thought that it's going to happen at one point there's gonna be two of the one mutant and then who to kill because mm, mm, mm-hmm. which one is which which one should you get which, rid of which which is which yeah so again i think that in order to fully appreciate this story and really set up the event you definitely like there's no way I can explain what's going on in this book, and you're like, oh, yeah, now I can read issue two. Like, you have to read it. If you want it on board with this event, you have to read this book. There's just, you can't skip it. There's just no way. There's so much little things that happen. There wasn't, there was a couple big things that happened, but there were so many little things that happened that are going to set up this event that you can't, you can't skip it. You 100% have to read this. Um, it, it comes down to... This Emma Frost lookalike basically coming down because the, the the mutants had come through, which they call the witch breed, which is another thing from Excalibur. They call the mutants witch breeds. Um, they come through. They're trying to, to get one of the mutants who had originally gone through back because he was taken hostage. And this woman comes down and basically freezes everybody and sets up like this now they now they have to fight each other sort of tournament so instead of them all just warring with each other the mutants are going to fight the children of apocalypse in a battle and they have to find the swords before they come into this battle the thing i thought was really interesting and i don't know why i didn't think of this but at some point in time they bring banshee had gone over through the portal and when he had come back, he was injured, and Rachel and Baby Cable get into his head to see what happened. And at one point in time, the the Emma Frost-looking lady, because I can't remember her name, so that's just her name now. Deal with it. Um, shows Banshee a vision of something that they need in order to move forward in this upcoming battle. And it's like a power source. So, which is, to me, the most adorable part of this book. Baby Cable goes running, running to his parents, Gene and Scott, in like a very like, <laughs> Mom, Mom and Dad, you have to see what I just saw. You have to see what I just saw. And does like a very childish kind of like out of breath, talking really fast thing to get them to um, go into his head and see what he just saw. And Scott knows what it is. So they... They go up to Sword. Oh. The, that could be interesting <laughs> if that's a sword. So at the end of the book, she says, this woman... Um, God, let me find the line here. Um, she says, You step into the arena knowing the full measure of what you're fighting for. You face your enemy who wants nothing less than t- your total annihilation... You look them in the eye, steady yourself, and then 
you raise your sword. And then it just cuts to a picture of sword, the ship. I'd never thought of that. And I was like, huh, I wonder. (laughs) So now I'm like, not only was I drawn in by all the little things that were happening, the potential of Apocalypse's storyline dealing with his children and stuff like that. Um, And then they cut to this and I'm like, oh no, what's going to (laughs) happen? I have no idea what's going to happen. There's so many worlds connecting and little storylines coming together in this book that I think it's just, it's going to be a really good event. Um, I just implore you to pick this up and read it. If you have been reading the X-Men books and you're like, I don't want another event, I'm telling you, there's a, the purpose behind those storylines is probably in this book. So you definitely should just keep going with it. Oh, real good. Real good stuff. Yes. I, I, I've, we've turned into the Hickman podcast, yeah. but I mean, <laughs> really, Hickman. there's nothing better. There's no better writer. I mean, there's a few that are same caliber and, and what have you, but sure. So, oh man. It's, it's less, I mean, there are a ton of great writers out there. It's, Less about what he's writing and more about the world building that he's doing. Yeah. And somebody, there hasn't been somebody who has connected the X-Men books in a way that made you want to read all of them in a long time. I mean, I don't, like everyone talks about Claremont's run, which was good. But again, that was just the X-Books. I don't think he had so much control over everything else. And this is something I really feel like hasn't really happened in Marvel in a long time, ever really that you really need it for the X books Avengers not so much because you have all of them have their individual books and it'd be kind of hard to to not get away with what has always been of you just say oh that happened on the weekend and this was a Monday or something but these books all feel like this all shit happened on a Monday Tuesday like they coincide with what's going on so connected yeah so this is this story is being written by Hickman and Teeny Howard. So there's two writers on this book, which hopefully will be good. I usually get worried when there's a couple writers on a book on how they can maintain that sort of. But I trust Hickman. And then Pepe Larraz is doing the uh, art on this. I think he's the guy that was doing the art for Hickman's, the ones that Hickman was doing. Great artist. Uh, it's just I don't. I understand and I don't understand all at the same time. That's what this book left me feeling like. (laughs) So there you go. It's kind of a spoilery free review, but only because I don't really know how to portray so much information in what is an hour long podcast. (laughs) Something that I, I never really thought of until this moment, but also realizing it would be hard to do is really taking Hickman stories for the big screen mm. because I do want to see an X-Men movie that would be good yeah but we don't need to keep rehashing everything about and in fact I wish a lot of these superhero movies would be more original yeah. the Spider-Man movies have been more original true. Avengers even how they came together was not necessarily the same because it was more of this setting mm-hmm. but there are certain things where you're like I still want to see that but everything in Hickman's been doing, but I think that's too much. It is. I think it'd it be is a little way bit, too much. Need to be a little bit more simpler. But they could even mention, like, just mention the island's name, and the readers of these books would be like, "Oh, yeah. I wonder if they're going to go that direction." Yeah. 
I, um, they've been, they try to play in the real world with these superhero movies, which limits them a little bit. This Hickman storyline is like, if anything, they need to reboot the X-Men animated series and just do like the Hickman years. That, that could be really, <laughs> well, it, yeah, you'd have to almost do something like that because the amount of characters, I would say, there's yeah. never been this many characters Back in the day when you had X Men, like it was the same X Men. This right. has different people going out to be the X Men team, mm-hmm. and and not even just to say like the different X Factors, kind of who they are in this. They've have their Excalibur team, but it seems like all these side characters that are just showing up in these stories. It's not just about these five or six characters. Right. There's everyone. They're mutants. A, a big uh, character in this book is Monet M. And I can never remember who she is because she shows up so infrequently that every time she shows up, I'm like, what the fuck can she do? Who is she? When did she show up? Is she new? I don't remember her at all. Um, And then you, you know, you realize she's ultra powerful and all this shit. And you're like, oh, okay, well, this is going to be interesting. But again, just just a side character that only the most dedicated X-Men readers would even know who she is. I was also thinking, too, it was about... A year, two years ago, the resurrection of Jean Grey, mm-hmm. when we were reading that, and I just kind of was like, I want to throw it on the ground, like, this is so fucking stupid. Like, yeah. this is what it is, this is what she's doing, she's going to resurrect uh, Cyclops, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I thought it, that, I honestly thought that was a terrible way to bring her back. I was okay with her coming back, because it's been quite a while. Right. But also a little bit the sense of, like, can you not leave someone yeah. dead? But now, I'm all about the res- resurrection right. protocol. Bring anyone back you want to, yeah. because it makes sense. Right. Yeah, that one... Oof, don't even... I, <laughs> that... I just hated that series so much. Well, I, I, I just... I, the covers of that series were the best part of that series, and it was a means to an end. But now that we know what Hickman had planned, it's like, it did not need to happen. No, because he could have just did he resurrection. Just, yes. and. And also, we got a new world kind of restarted with right. Moira dying, and it's the roller coaster of X Men. Man, right. loved Schism. Didn't so much like after that. Loved Wolverine taking Jean Grey school. Then the Children of the Atom, and then yeah, it's ups and downs. Yes. yes, there's there's a lot of history there, and I think that's what causes that. So. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to fully read it, so you I get to... Definitely should. There's, I mean, of course, it's got all the Hickman touches in it. They got the maps, the other World Kingdoms listing. It's got the, you know, the sword diagram when you get towards the back, which, I mean, normally I get to a point in a book where I'm like, I'm just tired of this extra bullshit, but it still, it works. It passes along information that you need to know in a way that's very succinct. So, good stuff. Well, briefly talking about what we could do with movies here. We haven't talked about us on the show, but I'm very happy to find out that King the Conqueror is going to be a big bad in the upcoming next phase of Marvel movies. Yeah, he's going to be in the Ant-Man movie. Which I find also, okay, I mean, Ant-Man's done really successful for them from being a property not a lot of people knew. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, like I said, I have a feeling he's more than just the one, like, movie bad guy. Right. 
Like, he has to at least span a couple movies. Maybe they don't need to do, like, ten years worth of, like, a Thanos bad guy. But I can only... Kang is one of them. Doctor Doom is another one where you can kind of start and set this phase together. Or they show up in other movies to kind of be like, oh, this is a world that's populated with more villains than just one big baddie. Yeah. That, yeah. Do you think that they'll go... I mean, they they took... um. Thanos in a very traditional sort of way, like with his the way he looked and what he did and I don't know if they'll Kang is a weird looking motherfucker. With the weird suit and oh everything? Oh my god, yes. I hope they go that it's way. It's so cheesy. <laughs> kind of like a space helmet weird like. Yeah. I, I hope they go that way. I mean, they could update it a little bit, but I do want to say though that, um having, you know, Jonathan Majors take take this role. I'm like, yeah. I could see him doing this. Oh yeah, he's doing amazing things in uh Lovecraft Country right yeah. now. I mean, yeah. he has to I think it's in his contract that at least once an episode he has to take off his shirt. Oh, fine. That's fine. But I, I like <laughs> I I also with King and who he is and just kind of showing up and being this story teller protagonist uh person the only thing I've really seen Jonathan Majors in is uh, Lovecraft Country. And I will look up to some other things that he's done because I do think he's a phenomenal actor. But I just feel like what I've seen him now in that perfect casting for it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's another casting that happened this past week uh, with She-Hawk. Yes. I can't remember her name. Tatiana uh, Maslany. Thank you. She was in uh, Orphan Black. Yes. And she did an amazing job in that show. How hard it would be for you to play six different characters that were so distinct. Right. And she she pulled it off flawlessly. Mm-hmm. And to interact with yourself when a lot of green screening and everything. Right. That definitely... I'm curious, though, because she is a small smaller petite kind of girl so obviously she's got the the jennifer side of her well i guess it'd just be kind of like mark ruffalo like i guess cgi so this is for um disney plus right this is for a show yes so do we know what what type of show this is gonna be i'm I honestly am just really hoping for like a law and order feel sort oh. of law procedural show. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. I don't know and, why. And I then just... at nighttime, she just goes and beats up the yes. the, the defendant. I think that's <laughs> or like she an amazing defends. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I you know I think it'll be good. It 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 will definitely show in 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 the ways that like Edward Norton. Kind of like I like Mark Ruffalo is the best Hulk that we've had, but in a way that like Edward Norton with his like sinewy sort of body was that was like the best transformation into this giant Hulk sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Her being such a tiny in stature person transforming into She Hulk, I think, will be a good well, transformation. Do you know uh, reading uh, Avengers right now? The the Hulk She Hulk that is in there is this uh, Hulk Hulk, if you if you're getting what I'm uh, thing because She Hulk originally was just her 
a little bit taller, but like still feminine figure. Yes. But was just strong regardless because right. of the power. And kept her wits about her. Yes. Yes. And the the one that's in the Avengers right now, she has not turned back um, to being human, and she's pretty much like dumb Hulk, like the regular Hulk. Yeah. And which is a cool. That. It's an interesting uh, take on her. I, I have enjoyed the ride, but I'm hoping this is a little bit more towards origin of the more, like, I yeah, having the wits, I guess, is the biggest yeah, thing. right. Well, and so she got her powers from getting a... Uh, blood transfusion. Blood transfusion from, from her Bruce. cousin. Yeah. So I wonder if they'll... I hope they kind of stick to that storyline. The So the... That could be a cool Mark Ruffalo cameo. Yeah. yeah. Get him in there. The show is being written... By, um, well, she's in charge of the scripts, Jessica Gao, who is a writer for Rick and Morty. And it's being directed by Kat Cora. Coro? Uh, however you say her name, C O I R O, who uh, worked on Dead to Me. Did you ever watch that show on Netflix? It has Christina Applegate yes. in it. Yep. So. That combination, I mean, if you write for Rick and Morty, you could totally go on to do something way <laughs> serious, but I'm hoping that it means it's going to be um, that very nice combination of, of funny and serious that we've come to expect from Marvel stuff. So in the most perfect segue to something else ever, and I didn't think how this would happen, is uh, Instagram model... Uh, Monique Agostino, she's Australian, she dresses up as Catwoman a lot, so kind of playing the part of a superhero, has turned into the real villain by breaking in and burglarizing houses while dressed up. She has been arraigned and arrested for being a real-life Catwoman. Oh my god. Well... What a fucking idiot. Yes. What is wrong with you when you do some... Like, seriously? You're so into dressing like Catwoman that you're like, I'm going to go break into these house- houses because I am Catwoman. It's like, bitch, Catwoman's not even fucking real. <laughs> She's a drawing on a piece of paper. She has been played by actresses in movies. She's not Life a real person. imitating art. It, I just... I guess. <laughs> when I was hearing about this story, I go, I need to hear a little bit more of what the fuck. Like... What? It's... Why? Why is somebody as stupid as that a uh, fucking influencer? Yeah, I mean, oh, here's the thing. There are tons of Instagram, like, I don't like the influencers and, and most of that. But there are people that dress up and cosplay and post them on Instagram. And I think, oh, that's a cool looking outfit or that is a really cool take on this. So that's one aspect of it. But to really then be like, and I'm going to be this person. Yeah, what a dumb bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Like, seriously? (laughs) I just, I don't even know what to say about it. I just don't. Like, I'm so glad she got caught. (laughs) There's no way she was good at it. Right? Like, Selena Kyle's got her shit together. (laughs) She knows acrobats and shit. I can't imagine that this girl was doing anything other than, like, busting through a window. What was she stealing? Does it say? She's just breaking into houses and stealing stuff. Just random yeah. shit? Probably jewelry or anything, cat figurines. Oh, Jesus Christ. Ugh, okay. Well, people don't do stuff like that. 
So something I know that you'll tell me not to do is buy more toys. Don't do it. But PulseCon just happened. I mean, clean this room out first, I guess, and then do it. <laughs> Hasbro had their online Comic-Con type thing to show off their toys that they're releasing in the next wave of things. A lot of Power Rangers, a lot of G.I. Joe, a lot of Transformers, some Ghostbuster stuff. All properties that I truly yes. enjoy. Yes. And in looking at some of them, like, I don't really want, but there's a few key items that I do want. One of which uh, is something that I had as a kid. So they're doing some um, retro toys, I feel like. Because a lot of the, the Power Rangers are the original looking figurines. How did I know this was going to be a Power Rangers related want? Nope, this one's actually Ghostbusters. Is it? <laughs> so the Ghostbusters Ghost Popper, and I can show you uh, the what it looks like right here. It was just a little foam like shooting out yeah. thing that you shot at little targets. I've always wanted to find that plus the toy backpack because I don't have hundreds of dollars to get a real one, which I do want someday, but I don't have that money now. So if I, if I could find just a little toy one, and this is not for me. Mm. This is for my nephews and niece okay. so that they can enjoy what I can force them what I enjoyed growing yes. up with. Okay, sure. Yep, it's nice. That's why people have children. <laughs> so they can just maintain their childhood through them. That's why I need more children so I can just justify Ladies, everything in this if room. You're, if you're free and fertile... <laughs> Email drunkoncomics at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter, Drunk on Comics, or on Facebook, Drunk on Comics. Now th <laughs> there is uh, something like fun for the whole family, I would say. A new virtual AR type uh, game, phone game that you can do uh, celebrating Ghostbusters during Halloween month. It's already out right now, uh, but obviously next month is October. So. Ferrera Candy mm -hmm. and Sony have teamed up for this. Uh, you can go to just Google this and you can find the app to, to download and it's a virtual ghost hunting thing. So through, wait, through through your phone. Through Fer Ferrera, like Ferrera Rocher, like that fancy ass candy or is this a, the people who make the candy hearts? <laughs> candy hearts, trolleys, nerds, ah, okay. sweet tarts. All right. That kind of candy. Gotcha. And I don't know if they're going to have like things within the candies like for codes and stuff. But right now it looks like it's kind of one of those Pokemon catching gotcha. type games. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Catch some ghosts. That could be a good time. And I bring this up only because what the fuck. What the fuck? We should so, have a segment. <laughs> a what the fuck segment. We should. And this would be top of the order. So, the Warner Brothers movie, uh, Hot Wheels, has finally got... Oh, I forgot they were making this. A writer. I forgot entirely all about this. Is it like a racing movie? Yes, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Which I can see, but also... We have so many of those. Yeah, we don't need... I... The, the thing... Yeah. I. The thing about Hot Wheels is like... It's not like there was, like, a Hot Wheels car. There were... All the cars Any are car, hot. Yeah. yeah. It's just, just... They're just small cars. So, like, I don't know. Are, like... Is this futuristic and the cars get shrunken down and then you get to ride on those stupid plastic Hot Wheels <laughs> racetracks? 
Like, is that what it is? Speed racer-ish? Yeah, like Speed Racer meets Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sort of situation. I'm almost kind of down for that now. You should be a writer for them. Because I would tune into that. Because to me, that's the only... Other than just saying... It's like Battleship, right? That fucking movie they did. Where literally, it was just... They just used the name of the game in a movie that had, like, almost... Well, Aliens Invaded, but in one of the missiles they shot at a battleship looked like the peg. That was it. And then somebody probably said, you sunk my battleship. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, with Hot Wheels, like, literally, you could just make a racing movie and just call it Hot Wheels. Like, I'm sure if you Google fucking Hot Wheels movie, somebody has a movie called (laughs) Hot Wheels already. (laughs) It might be about bike racing, but who knows? Um, But yeah, to me, that's the only logical way to go and still have it, like, make sense. It's tied to a toy. Other than that, it's just a fucking bullshit. Why? I just don't understand why. (laughs) Not everything needs to be a movie, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, we need new... I guess at least this isn't a rehash of something they've already done. It's just a I new... guess. But it's still based on a... It's reaching. It's reaching. Yeah. It's reaching pretty far. Um, so I didn't do a lot of news searching, and Tony always gives me shit about this. Um, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> which is why I don't ever get better. Um... <laughs> The one thing I did see was that your good buddy, Tom King, who you love a lot, um, done with Batman, right? He finished his Batman run. Coming back for a new Batman series, Batman and Catwoman, maxi-series, which in comic book terms just means it's a long (laughs) mini-series. It has an end. Uh, And he is going to complete his Batman-Catwoman like ideal situation he's going to bring them to the ending that he wanted them to come to getting married i don't know i don't know he didn't say whether that was what he wanted them to do um obviously it has something to do with a relationship i don't know what he means by that but so it will probably be a 12 issue batman catwoman love story fest right it's very uh soap opera-y situation going on. Um, But I thought that you would be very excited to find out that the story has not ended, Tony, and you can keep going with Tom King's vision for Catwoman and Batman. I... I, Nope, fuck him. (laughs) What if... What if they do end up getting married in it? What do you think? What do you think about oh, that? Oh, then I'd be okay. Okay. Then I'd go. So if that it. is the conclusion of it. I just want him to be happy. Yeah. Well, we all know that that's probably never going to happen. Although Tom King did say that this is going to be a story that like confronts Batman and Catwoman's past, present, and future. So I don't know if he's going to take it into the future and do one of these, like they're both old fuckers now and finally decided to settle down at the retirement home with each other. Raise little tiny bat and cats. <laughs> Do like a Batman Beyond scenario, but instead I almost of... feel like that's where like Hocus Pocus <laughs> witches would be. Like, <laughs> black cats and bats just flying around. Um, 
I also watched the, and I won't go ahead and get into it because Tony didn't watch it, but I also watched the trailer for WandaVision, and I'm very fucking excited about this show. It comes out soon, uh, this year sometime, and uh, I don't know, man. I think I think that the way they've kind of played it up until now was it was like a 50-ish, 50s sort of uh, comedy, I Dream of Genie-esque sort of situation, but it definitely is like, they're gonna deal with some shit in this series, and um, one of the things it is hinted at is that they might be going in like a House of M sort of direction, which, if that is the case, I'm 100% down for. And a really great way to bring the X-Men into the MCU. Or mutants, at least. Maybe not the X-Men. Um, and, in other Disney Plus news, the uh, Winter Soldier Falcon series has... I don't know if it's been 100% confirmed, but they are bringing the Thunderbolts into the MCU. Ooh. So that could be really interesting. It's yet to be seen. I mean, Baron Zemo is, like, the main villain in the series, so it remains to be seen whether it's going to be that traditional uh, hero heroes yeah. that ended up not being heroes. They're a villain team headed by Baron Zemo sort of situation, or if it's going to be, like, the Suicide Squad sort of thing they ended up becoming. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be good. They're, I can't fucking wait for these shows to start coming out. Is that all you got for news? Yeah, that's all I got. Alright. Booze in the book this week is going to be uh, Power Rangers, Draken, New Dawn, number two. And Draken with this... <laughs> Shorts, Shortsbury, uh most excellent stellar. It's an American double uh, IPA. I just drank this the other night at my friend's house, and it's pretty much most excellent because the the label on it is uh, pretty much Bill and Very Ted parody. Tedish, yeah. I'm assuming these are probably the brewmasters that they put on the front oh, here I'm with sure. a bunch of hops and everything. But yeah, uh, it was actually pretty a pretty decent uh, beer, and so wanted to pair that with something also that because I, I love the movie got to rewatch number three again with some friends who as they said that was better than it was supposed should have been <laughs> like yeah that's the great thing about that movie it's so good um and also my love for power rangers and all things yeah it's a very tony-esque combo now one last thing i do want to quick bring up is topping the charts the music charts right now vin diesel did you forget about this already, Lynn? Yes, I did. I now instantly put it in a part of my brain that I couldn't reach. Now it's now it's back in you your head. You reopened it, yeah. So, obviously, Fast and the Furious is not really comic book ish, but Vin Diesel and everything that he is is really nerdy. Oh, so, for sure, he loves he plays D and D. He loves it. So this is partly why I feel like we can He's, bring this up. It's he, on subject. Yeah, he played uh, Blood Bloodshot. And he played Groot. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's what he should do is stick to acting and not singing. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it, it was not, it was something. So here's what I have to say. The intro to the music was damn near, like, coma-inducing. Like, 
He spoke in his very Vin Diesel voice at a pace. Let me tell you that is can only be described as lethargic. And I got to the end of his little spiel, and I was oh my god, I just wanted to fall asleep. And then the music starts, and he he debuted this on Kelly Clarkson's Clarkson Clarkson her show. Which I didn't know she had a show, but I don't watch daytime TV. Yeah, me neither. Um, so interesting choice, but I guess I get it. Uh, and then the music starts, and it's a very techno pop. Well, it's po- yeah, it's sort a- of song, which is not what I expected to when they were like Vin Diesel put out music. I was like, oh, like a rock album, <laughs> some death metal maybe. I don't know. His, not not just his image, but his voice seems like what you would use for like a good industrial band. <laughs> <laughs> not some like new wavy uh, Japanimation style like techno pop music, which is exactly what it is, and it totally threw me off. And then he started singing. And you can almost not even tell it's him. Yeah. It's that deepness of his voice doesn't come through because I think they auto-tuned. I'm pretty sure they auto-tuned him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And he might be able to sing. I don't know. But they did throw an auto-tune over him and it took away that deepness of his voice. I just really thought it would be a rock, death uh, metal. And I feel like that would fit him more. He, like, so... It's just so weird. Like, I guess listen to it. Um, I said that we should play it, and Tony shot me down. We don't need to promote this. Pretty hard. But I'm telling you, go listen to it, just so you can kind of understand what we listened to. The look on my face as listening to it was just one of shock and dismay. (laughs) Poor guy. I loved it, Vin Diesel. I think he's great. Oh, yeah. I, I truly enjoy everything... I just... It's great to have him on our side, right? He's mm-hmm. like a king nerd, you know? One of the rulers of our kingdom. But, oh, dude, come on. Like, this was your quarantine project? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, but you know, coming next week, new album from Drunk on Comics. Yeah. <laughs> Stay thirsty for our LP coming out next week. 